0: Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life.
1: Social security is more than just payments after you retire. It is more comprehensive and it's more complex than you may think. Foster and Motley's Luke Hale is with me, Patrice Sacora for a brief discussion of the system's benefits and some key points to remember. Luke, let's start at the beginning. When was Social Security established, and why?
2: FDR put this in place in 1935 as part of his New Deal package, and I found a quote that was from his administration, and it said, It was to give some measure of protection to the average citizens against a poverty-ridden old age. It was established with, with great intentions and it's been an important part of our society ever since. So 1935, it gets off the ground.
1: All right. But you have to work and you have to pay into it to get anything, right?
2: That's right. And we will probably say this a few times as we go through here, but it's complicated. So you have to work 40 quarters and a quarter is defined as earning $1,510. So if you work 40 quarters earning at least that amount, then you qualify to receive Social Security. Now, the it's complicated part comes in the fact that younger workers, if they've worked a shorter period of time, can qualify. So just know that if you haven't worked 10 years, you still may qualify for benefits.
1: When you say younger, uh, it's just a matter of how many quarters you've worked or how many or how old you are.
2: Well, that's a good question. So social security has some different components and the components are the retirement benefits that everybody knows about. You can start receiving retirement benefits as early as age 60 if you're a surviving spouse or 62 is the number that we mostly hear about for a typical worker. So from 62 to 70, you have a choice every year if you want to start your benefits. In that case, the 40 quarters applies backward. You have to have worked at least that amount of time in your working career up until age, let's say, 62. But if you are Social Security has a couple of different components that not many people are aware of. And it has a disability component. So that's where I'm talking about. If you are a younger worker and you become disabled, if you have just a few credits, basically a year and a half, two years, Mm -hmm. then you can qualify for social security disability benefits. So their, their definition of disability is pretty stringent. You have to be pretty significantly disabled from almost all work to receive it, but just know that there's this disability aspect to our system, which I think is great because it keeps people, it keeps food on the table Mm -hmm. for people that get hurt while they're working. And as a society, we need to provide for the less fortunate.
1: All right. So we've just mentioned the retirement benefits, the disability benefits. What about survivor benefits?
2: That one is often not known about or understood, but it's a really important benefit. So survivor benefits apply to largely families. So let's say you've got a husband and a wife, three kids, and the husband or the wife, both let's say both of them work, and one of them dies prematurely while the kids are little. That's a big deal. That's a If you think about that from a financial perspective, it's not only just an emotional big deal for the family, but that worker that died lost all those years of earning income and being able to save and provide for their families when they passed away. So what Social Security does, and it's pretty neat, is they actually say, okay, this person died and we are going to provide a benefit for a spouse caring for children younger than 16. So let's say you've got a a spouse and you've got a 10 year old child. In that case, the spouse would actually receive benefits for caring for the child until that child is 16, but then the child can earn benefits until they're 18. So, Let's say, go back to our example of three kids. You got, they will all be different ages, usually, unless you have twins. But they will gradually kind of age out as they become 18. They will no longer receive benefits. But during that whole period, up until their 18th birthday, they will receive uh, quite a bit of money. We've helped families that have Work through that issue, that unfortunate premature death, and they've received forty or fifty thousand dollars a year from Social Security, based on the, and it is based on the worker's earnings. So, again, it's complicated. But if the worker that died was earning more, the benefits will be more because they will have paid in more into the system if the worker was learning less and died the family benefits will be less and there's also one other key thing is let's say let's say you have six kids there is something called a family maximum benefit so they will cap your benefit at a certain amount so the family can only get a maximum amount that's different for each family you can't I can't really tell you what the dollar amount is, but just know that if that unfortunate series of events were to affect you or your family, that social security is standing there with a meaningful benefit for um, children and your spouse caring for your children. And one other little nice thing about that is they will allow a surviving spouse that's not remarried to start receiving benefits a little earlier than normal. And that's the age 60 that I mentioned earlier. So normal age to start receiving or at least qualify to receive is age 62, but uh, a surviving spouse can start collecting benefits at age 60.
1: Okay, Luke, we talk about Social Security and everybody makes little jokes about it, but is it going to be solvent as we go forward? And a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be around for me when I get there. Why should I pay into it?
2: It will be. That's the good news. The way the system is built, it will be around. Now, I can't promise that it's going to pay you as much as it promises to pay you right now. And if you read your statements closely for the, Several years now, they've had a disclaimer on them uh, <laughs> a little bit. Hey, we think we're going to pay you this amount, but no guarantees.
1: No guarantee of future. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so that's a little disturbing. But the, it, if you understand the way it works, the mechanism of funding, you understand why it can't really run out of money. So the workers, if I have a job, I work. So 6.2% of my personal money that I earn up to, I think this year it's $147,000. So 6.2% up to $147,000 goes into the social security pot. If you Mm -hmm. want to call it, people call it a trust fund, but I don't know. That trust fund means, (laughs) and I don't think that really does the, the way that we think of a trust fund and the way the government thinks of a trust fund are completely different. We would, we would treat it a little more gingerly, and the I think the government will borrow against it And some things where maybe the money is not there in the way that we think it would be if we had a trust fund at the bank or something. But as we pay in, workers that are collecting Social Security receive it. So somebody is actually receiving the money that I put into the system. They're taking it out. Now, for there was a study done in 2021 that said in 2034, there is currently a cash surplus. So, more people have taken, more people have paid in than people are receiving benefits at the moment. But in 2034, the cash surplus would be exhausted. At that point, it really is if you are collecting social security and I am working, I really am contributing and you're turning around and getting the money mm-hmm. right now. It's you, are, I'm contributing. You're turning around and getting my money plus a little bit in the surplus. That surplus will be exhausted, but here's where the good news comes in. So as long as we have workers that are paying into the system, the people that are collecting from the system will always have access to some benefit. Here's the bad news. Right now that 2021 uh, study that was done estimated that only 78% of current benefits would be funded on the with the system of me paying in and you taking out. So I think social security will be there. I think that we can depend on it, but we may not be able to depend on it at the level that on your social security statement.
1: And then another question that people always have is, when should I start taking social security? If I'm eligible as early as 62, should I grab it right away or should I wait until 70?
2: That's a great question and one we work on all the time, and it is really different for each person. Let me tell you about some of the differences that go into making that decision. Health can make that decision more apparent. So if you have had uh, a significant health issue or you have a significant genetic predisposition that would say that you're not going to live as long as the average person, then ma- the math would say, take it sooner than later. Go ahead and start collecting early. Now this assumes that you are retired. The Social security really wants to pay you benefits as long as you are retired, but really not too much before. There is an allowance that in 2022, I think this year it's about $19,000 that you can earn and still receive social security. But if you're in a full-time employed situation, it's likely that you're going to be earning more than that. So you really wouldn't want to start social security until you are retired. Now, the exception there is Social Security has something called your full retirement age. And for me, that's 67, and it depends on your birthday. So for others that are older than me, it's 66. And for me, if I were to earn money after age 67, then I could keep all my money and keep my entire Social Security benefit. But if you are under your full retirement age and earn more than the $19,000, then Social Security uh, subtracts money from your Social Security check. And they credit it later. You make more later, but they stop now and say, hey, you're really not done working. This is a a retirement benefit for every $2 you earn, we're going to reduce your benefits by $1 over this $19,000 level. So I'll go back to the, it's complicated level. I don't want everybody doing uh, algebra gymnastics in their, in their brain as they're listening to this podcast, but just know when you collect is really important. The key things you need to think about are health. Do you need the money? Do you have other resources that can support you? And let's talk about that for just a second. Every, Year you wait past 62, you're gonna your social security benefit is going to increase by about eight percent. That's a pretty good rate of return, that's a
1: very good rate, yeah.
2: And that's guaranteed by the government. You don't have guaranteed rates of return very often in our society anymore. We used to with pensions and things like that, but those have largely gone away. So, um, making a choice to defer can be a really good financial decision if you think you're gonna live at least to an average lifespan if you think your genetics sets you up to live a very long time and i work with clients that their parents both died in their 90s and uh, the advice to them is if you're healthy you wait until (laughs) you're 70 to start collecting because over time you're going to collect much more in benefits
1: and look i got a question for you all these things to keep in mind You make a decision and then maybe a year later you say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I need to change. Can you?
2: That's a tough one. Yeah, this is a one-time deal. So you make your decisions with, uh, you make the best decision you can with the information that you have at the time. And it's really important to get some help around that and talk to somebody that has some experience with helping people make that really important one-time decision.
1: Luke, how can people reach you if they do have questions about this?
2: The best way is to go to fosterandmotley.com and check out the website. See if you see
1: some resources that you find that could be helpful
2: and give us a call.
1: As you have heard, there are ifs, ands, and buts for Social Security and the folks at Foster & Motley can help you find the answers to your questions. Luke, thank you so much for all this great information. And for the latest episode of Foster & Motley's podcast about life and wealth, just follow us, share with others as well. I'm Patrice Sacora and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to Foster & Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster & Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.